There is nothing better than the sultry jams of the countdown for this is the NWA. This is well, this is how we do it. While Rob eats bowl peanuts. <laughs> Nobody gets into it like Dr. Stinson. <laughs> he knows how to throw it down. We on the right side of that. That's bad. That's freaking I was over here like That's what I was doing. I was like throw the bows. That's the only move I got, man, is this. That's it. I'm up in the club. That's all I'm doing. I'm just in the corner like this. <laughs> we saw y'all in the chat room. Y'all were out there having a blast, like having a good time. We were like, man, do we even interrupt this conversation? Because it seems like everybody in YouTube's just like getting it on in the chat. So why why bother? But uh, here we are. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to uh, this is this is the NWA. It's the podcast celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy, and tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time the national wrestling alliance and yes after all of this time i did almost completely forget the intro to this show so i don't know how that happened but luckily if i forget things i'm not alone because i am here with my lovers will martin and you put that out, you put that out like that <laughs> we're the golden lovers yeah i don't think that's a burden i can carry Pop said the weasel because the weasel said pop. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what that means, but I'm with it. How are you beautiful people doing? That's what I missed at the beginning. What's up, you beautiful people? Hey, it's good there to see you. you. Oh, well, shout out to everybody in the chat room. Thanks for joining us. And uh this is this is the NWA Live. Uh the I don't know what we call this show really. The Sunday night wrestling talk. Wrestling. <laughs> that sounds good. Wrestling talk. Oh, Ryan Romano is getting uncomfortable in the chat, but that is too bad because it's only going to get worse from here. Hope you're ready. Stay tuned. Rob's going to make it weird before this is over. He's already uh, weird. Oh god, just not. How do my BPMs look, man? My BPMs look jacked up. <laughs> We're already getting some uh, heat from Brian Rosa. You guys should run an indie promotion. You got the starting late down perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to do it. PFW, Prize Fight Wrestling. That's us. All right. Well, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. There's plenty to talk about. But you know what? Why don't we start with, since Brian Rosa's uh, already on us, how about we just go ahead and start with the biggest news of the week uh, that we got a lot of updates on Mission Pro Wrestling. The tournament out of hell, fellas, is happening on November the 6th. It's on the Title Match Network. It's also going to be in Buda, Texas. Dr. Stinson is going to be there as well. Our boy Front Row's in the chat, so we'll lump him in with us and say that the, the Nation Show, uh, well, actually, the Nation Show's in the chat as well. They, along with us, are sponsoring the tournament out of hell. And we are proud sponsors. My God, are we proud. We are just happy to be a part of this. And uh, we did what we could. And because uh, we enjoyed that last show so much, we could not risk the possibility of it not going on again. Guys, do you feel good? You feel good about the tournament out of hell? Yeah, I'm stoked for it, man. And I, I'm stoked that... We're actually an official sponsor. I feel like we were kind of an unofficial sponsor for Hell Hath No Fury. Now we get to be an official sponsor, and uh, it's it's cool, man. It's it's a really cool thing, and I you know I can't wait for the show. It's a day before my birthday, so that'll be a nice little birthday celebration 
for me to uh, be able to enjoy that show. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for it. Rob, I know you are. Oh my gosh, man. I bought, I got my house rose shirt ready. I ordered it, man. I got, I got the nice uh, soft cotton one, man. It's red. It's beautiful. And uh, you know, my girl, Rachel Rose, I'm, I'm going to throw the prediction out right now. Rachel Rose will be the first mission pro champion. You heard it here. Wow. I figured Rob, I figured you'd already have like a replica belt. You don't, you don't have the belt yet. It's over there. It's, uh, you get it? <laughs> it's over there. <laughs> kind of ordered. Uh, you're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna have to talk to Brian Rosa and see if you could get one sent to you. That's a. Uh, that's a good idea. Maybe they'll make little toy replicas like my ten pounds over here that we can get. <laughs> um, so uh, already announced for that show right now. Um, I don't know everybody who's in this contest, and we've only seen the poster, so we can't speak too early about who's going to be doing what at the show necessarily. But uh, we do know that Thunder Rosa is going to be there. She is the NWA Women's World Champion. Uh, we'll be happy to see her back. We've also seen on the poster, uh, Genocide will be back. I'm excited to see her. What about Ray Lynn? I've heard rumors and rumblings about her, but I don't know a ton about her. So that's going to be fun. Uh, the... Uh, Sinister-looking, insidious one is going to be there. Of course, Rob's lady, Rachel Rose, is going to be there. (laughs) Lady. Uh, Also, just a lot of people you remember from last time. We got Vert Vixen. Uh, We got La Rosa Negra is going to be there. Excited Mm -hmm. to see her again. Maddie Rinkowski, of course, is going to be back, as is Red Velvet. And uh, some new people that, uh, well, I'm sorry, and I, I almost forgot Alex Gracia. She'll also be there. But some people that weren't there last time, uh, Rachel, or I'm sorry, it's Rochelle Riveter. I'm not familiar with her. Excited to see what she does, as well as Vanity. Uh, and then Heidi Howitzer and Aligato and W-O-A-D. Not familiar with her either, but she looks like fun, too. So I'm excited to see what that's all about. And Lacey Ryan is also uh, listed on this poster. So that's what you've got so far on the tournament out of hell. I see some uh, shout outs for Lacey Ryan in the chat already. So uh, that's exciting. I, I don't know some of these people. I'm excited to get to know them. Uh, but word of the street is, I don't want to speak out of turn here, uh, but word of the street is, it's not all of those women are in the actual tournament for the Mission Pro Wrestling Championship. Uh, so the MPW world champion might not be Thunder Rosa. She might be busy doing other things. And so it's going to be interesting to see who's actually in the tournament, what that entails, and uh, who comes out on top. So maybe maybe it could be Rachel uh, Rose if she doesn't have to go up against Thunder Rosa at any point. But my pick, if I could go out on a limb, and we'll make Will do it too. You guys can throw yours in the chat. I'm torn. I'm toward. I'm going Maddie Rinkowski or La Rosa Negra. It's one of those. That's who I'm feeling. I love Rachel Rose. Don't get me wrong. But I'm feeling it. It's either Maddie is going to surprise everybody or the the talent and experience of La Rosa Negra is just going to be too much for everybody. We saw that showing with uh, Big Swole and uh, Hell Hath No Fury, and I'm just feeling her. I think she's, she's got what it takes. Those were the two that were top of mind for me, but I'm going to go Maddie Rankowski. I think uh, I can I can just see that happening and being huge, and her kind of coming out and uh, making it happen, making it for an exciting night. So I'm going to go with Maddie. Nice. I mean, I, 
I already said it, and Maddie Rinkowski, don't get me wrong, man. I, I seen her in person, man. I was like this close. <clears throat> she is the real That's deal. Too she, close. Man, it's too close. Was Social close, distance. Man. I was, yeah, I, yeah. She everything she, all that's build all I mean there's so such wonderful talent there in Mission Pro, but no doubt, man, bank on this. Your Mission Pro champion is going to be the queen of House Rose. It's gonna happen. And I know my boy Ryan Romano is gonna be there. I think Polka Dot Pam is gonna be there, and we will all three bow the knee to the Queen of House Rose after she hoists that beautiful Mission Pro Championship in Buda, Texas. And we will be there. Well, is is Tanya going to be there? <laughs> For, uh, and about that, she was like, hey, Rob, hey, I got this deal on, on a statement from Pro Wrestling Tees. Who, what is this uh, shirt you ordered? I was like, oh, baby, don't, don't worry about that. That's a, uh, that's a, uh, <laughs> that was a dumb, that's part of our sponsorship. <laughs> I was like, yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Well, I'm seeing some picks for uh, Maddie in the chat. I'm seeing some picks for, uh, uh, let's see, Vert Vixen here. So this is pretty interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun finding out what's going to happen. Well, we got to see how the tournament shapes up. That's the next real announcement, I would think, is uh, A, uh, is Thunder Rosa defending the NWA Women's Championship at this pay-per-view? Uh, and does that mean she's in the tournament or not? And, uh, and then also... Uh, you know, just like who's actually in the tournament. Cause I mean, one day we left out of there. That's, uh, I mean, if, if genocide's in that tournament, then that's a, that's a dangerous game to be playing. Like she looked dominating. Now don't get me wrong. I think that La Rosa Negra, that experience is going to overtake her. What I think happens is La Rosa Negra's on one side and Maddie Rinkowski's on the other side. And they both sneak their way to the finals and then La Rosa Negra just underestimates Maddie, and Maddie takes the win. That's my guess. That's I'm, I'm with Will. So we got two votes for Maddie, one vote for Rachel Rose. Uh, so it's gonna be gonna be interesting. And what and what are you gonna do if 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 two of our people like face each other right at the beginning of the show? First of all, I don't like how you got the text right over my face, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, sit up, Rob. You got to sit up. You got to have better posture than that. Secondly, I don't know. Uh, uh, our queen, our real queen, Thunder Rosa, who's in the chat, uh, had a beautiful Greek dinner. She drove half an hour. She talked about it last night on the Nation Show. It was an outstanding show. Go back and watch it. She bought this beautiful Greek dinner for her and her superhero of a husband, Brian Rosa. And there are pictures of, of her eating this meal with just the steam coming off of it. And uh, I'm getting uh, my, my my people are telling me that Brian Rosa has promised that I would be getting a plate brought out to my shed at uh, Mission Pro. Um, so I wanted to throw that out there for what's what? Why are you looking like that, Gary? I just I, I just don't understand why they why they bother with you. Like you're just, <laughs> like I just you know, they, they're not going to lose any support from us if they just leave you in the shed. But if so, you're talking about if two of our like if like Rachel Rose and Maddie Rinkowski meet, meet in the first round, is that the question? Yeah. What happens well, then? <laughs> Rachel Rose advances. <laughs> Duh. <Wow. laughs> but what happens if you're wrong? I'm not wrong. All right. I'm just saying, what's that doctor <laughs> mean if you can't 
make accurate present, uh, predictions. That's that's all I'm trying to say. Uh, Brian Rose said in the chat saying you're going to get a uh, plate of kibble and bits. So that's <laughs> that's nice. more accurate. I, I agree with that. Well, I can't say enough about this show. This is uh, one of my most uh, looked forward to things we got going on in the wrestling industry today. Like I, uh, I, I can't tell you how excited I am about the next Mission Pro Wrestling show. This is by far one of my favorite promotions in the business. Uh, so I'm sure yeah, we've, uh, we've already got a date for the December show too. Oh, did we already get a date for that? Break some like news on us because I have not had a chance to see this yet. No, it's like December the 11th, I think. I, they, Thunder or Brian can tell us for sure. I think it's th- uh, December the 11th, I believe. Uh, same location there at uh, Pinball's Kingdom in Buda, Texas. So I've got Tanya right now looking for tickets for that. <laughs> you know, so there it is, December the 11th. <laughs> Y'all should just move out there, man. It's I was like, literally about to say the same thing. Why don't you just move to Texas? They got schools well, there. You can work Chattanooga's, Chattanooga's man, just it's too close to everything, man. We, I mean, you might have to move to Texas after last yeah. week when you dropped Cockmaster in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I, I, I got a, I got a, uh, I got some professional development at work the next day. <laughs> 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 Rob, you can't be out here calling UWN talent cockmaster. Well, like you say, man, you're a you're a uh, you're a role model to these kids, man. You're training the youth. You can't say cockmaster. I was like, I promise you, I will never go on there and say cockmaster again. I shouldn't have said cockmaster in the first place. And I'll never say cockmaster again. <laughs> you know, I mean, Good. yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you're doing you're doing great. <laughs> Oh man, it's better. I would say it's better than being like cock intern. That's all I would say. So, you know, at least you're training them to reach for the stars. Uh, the next piece of news. Uh, I don't know. What, what, why did we already fall apart? This is, uh, but yeah, anyway, December 11th, look forward to that. And uh, tournament out of hell. We're obviously going to be talking about it every single week, multiple times a week. Up until that moment, we can't tell you again how excited we are. We hope you're all ready. We hope you have a subscription to the Title Match Network so you're watching this junk. Let them know that Thunder Rosa sent you with Mission Pro Wrestling. That's what you got to do because uh, this is the best wrestling you can find uh, for that low of a price. My God. I mean, and I'm, I've got NXT on in the background over here. So whatever. Speaking of NXT, NXT, uh, there was a media call. Uh, and uh, there was a discussion about the possibility, again, of NXT moving off Wednesday nights, and uh, this was asked to Triple H. He said, I'm happy where we are. There are conversations around all of our product at all times, the best, the best place for it to sit, the best place for it to work, all of that. Funny, I don't hear anybody else asking about people moving on Wednesday since we are always on Wednesdays. It comes down to a question of where the show best sits, not only for us, but our partners and wherever they want to go. We're open to doing the best business we can, but it's not as simple as it's our decision and we just want to put the show where we want. Those decisions are made by partners and everything else along the way. People tend to believe what they want to believe, but it's not a concern to me. We go out to put the best show on that we can put on. It really feels like he's just saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. This quote. Um, yeah, as far as where it sits, those are business questions that come down to WWE and our partners. My God, why did they quote that whole thing on what I just read? Because he just kept saying. Uh, so 
how how does that make you feel? Does it feel like NXT is going anywhere? I guess. I don't know. I mean, he kind of didn't really answer the question. I mean, I guess he alluded to that he didn't want to move. I don't know. I can't even tell what his point was in all of that jumble. Was he saying that they want to stay or they don't? I mean, he talked a lot about partners. I don't know, man. That was the most discombobulated response that I could, I couldn't even wrap my head around it. Rob, you have any thoughts about NXT and where they end up? I I haven't, uh, I haven't seen it here in the last week or so. So I don't want to go in here and just bring it. Like I know what I'm talking about. So, (laughs) you know, so I, I have no comment on what you're talking about right now. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's not really like a huge news item or anything. It's just uh it's just a thing of like both shows do decently well and when they're not head to head against each other, then it seems like it can help both shows succeed. But I think some of the theory is that uh if they they wouldn't even be on Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights if it wasn't for AEW existing there, that they're just there to disrupt the momentum of AEW. And so uh, right. It's 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 a competition, you know. They they're trying to bury the competition, but uh, you know, I mean, I, I like NXT. I think healthy competition is not a bad thing. It makes them up their game. Uh, NXT, for my money, is the best thing WWE's got going on, and I've, we've said this week after week. So it's no, you know, headline here, but um, that's my two cents. I'll take your two cents. I appreciate that, Rob. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Brian Rosa bringing up an interesting news item, and I think it's worth bringing up. He says, "Enough WWE talk. Let's talk Trevor Murdoch." I'm with you. Let's do uh, it. Let's talk Trevor Murdoch doing a flying body press. My God, that was impressive. Uh, <laughs> I've got a picture of it saved. I just want to post on Instagram again. Just uh, the the height he got on it. I just did not believe Trevor Murdoch uh, could do such a thing, but. Uh, definitely the feel-good moment of last week, possibly of September, was seeing Trevor Murdoch defeat Aaron Stevens for the NWA National Championship. That's uh, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but like uh, Nick Aldis has been doing like an Ask Nick segment on his uh, Twitter, and uh, Rob. I mean, I'm obviously, I'm sure Rob's been following along with it. I was going to try to pull it up here, but he. Uh, he mentions some people. I saw Rob try to like throw Trevor Murdoch at him. Um, I, I was, I was, I wanted to mention Trevor because I mean, Trevor Murdoch no longer has to seek a championship match. He's the number one contender. He's the national champion. But I threw that in there because I was really interested in Mike Bennett. Um, I don't think that we've we've gotten the final line on Mike Bennett yet. I mean, there was a. Uh, that that first match was epic. It was great, but I don't think that it's got the. Uh, uh, I got the uh, uh, it it got the respect it deserves because of the technical thing, because of the te- all the technical issues going on. You know what I mean? Will you dump that for me and bring it back, please? <laughs> Sorry, Rob. We don't mean to bother you. <laughs> I, asked, I asked Tanya to dump my cup of uh, of boiled peanut shells, and she got ticked off at me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Testing for that? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, <thank> you. <laughs> I'm in hot water. Well, right guys, if you haven't if you haven't liked and subscribed, uh, go ahead and do that. You can have more of this. We're here twice a week with this kind of uh, content, so thank y'all. 
Yeah. Uh, what I was saying was, um, I don't think that uh, um, Mike Bennett got a fair shake. I don't think, I mean, there was a lot of chaos. It wasn't given the time amount it needed. Um, and I really feel like that still has the makings of a, um, of a really epic series of matches. And so I just threw the question to him like, Hey man, you know, we're not done with Mike Bennett yet. I mean, you've got a number of people, um, you know, lobbying for a shot of the championship. Obviously Trevor Murdoch is going to get a shot. He's the national champion, but where does Mike Bennett fit into the equation? And Nick Alvis replied that Mike Bennett will be getting another match. So <clears throat> that was pretty definitive. And, and, you know, I appreciated that. Yeah, that's, um, I, I, I was wondering about that too. So I'm glad you asked that. I think that, um, you know, they, they definitely left it that way at the end of their match at primetime live, uh, Mike Bennett and Nick Aldis and that show of respect. And I think we will get a part two. I mean, we did talk about how that match seemed really rushed and uh, we didn't really feel like we got all of it that we needed. And uh, so I can't wait to see that one again, but yeah, I mean, I am interested to see, you know, with Trevor Murdoch, I mean, you know, what's he going to do? I mean, is he going to go ahead and put it out there that, that he's ready for, for a, a 10 pounds of gold title shot or, or what's going to happen. I don't know, but it's, it's really cool. And, and just to see a title change that like we saw this past week, it was uh Jay Cal and I were talking about it on the hot tag on Friday that, you know, it was just such a shot in the arm for us as NWA fans, because, you know, it's just a reminder that, you know, the champ's been saying it all along, Nick Aldis, that the NWA is open for business. And so seeing that title change was just like, okay, we're back in business. Things are moving along. This is a storyline that was happening pre-COVID that now we're seeing a payoff of. And so I, I'm just, I'm stoked about uh, the NWA and and where all this is going. But yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see. And, and hopefully we'll get some answers to some of that stuff in the ring right. sooner rather than later. And Trevor, Trevor is going to get a shot. I mean, he, he has earned it. It's not like he's got to work up to it. He is now in the position of the number one contender with that beautiful national championship. But there's no debate about that. It's going to happen, and he's ready. To get the, the to earn a national championship, it means you're ready to be a world champion. So he's in that echelon now. He's he's an A-lister. You know what I'm saying? But with, with like, um, Aldis and Bennett – there's just something was off about that night. And if you want to look at what it should have been like, you look at Thunder Rose and Priscilla Kelly. That match now, that match was a showstopper. It was a locker room. Uh, I mean, it, this is one of those matches where everybody comes out and watches. because It was so good. It was such a good match. And we all want to see Thunder Rose and Lindsay Snow Part 2. We all want to see uh, Thunder Rosa D Part 2. We want to see... Thunder Rosa, Priscilla Kelly, part two. We want to, we got to see it. I mean, we have to see it, but we want to see Mike Bennett and Nick Aldis part two as well. And uh, I'm just waiting for power to get back to where, or, or for UW in the second uh, series of four matches or four, four bundle shows uh, for us to be able to get that opportunity. Because I really think that that has a, has the chance to be one of the epic rivalries in wrestling. You know, this may be the one that, that all this is waiting on. You know what I'm saying? You're talking with Trevor and Nick. I'm talking with Mike Bennett and Nick. Oh, with Mike Bennett and Nick. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, because I'm with you that 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 Trevor and Nick could be good. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, Nick Nick did tease back that that there was that two out of three falls comment that he made to you. So uh, 
I could uh, definitely see that happening. Um, Brian Rose asking if they teased a women's match for UWN tonight, and yeah, I think they did. And uh, I was I was trying to look up the. I mean, while we're while we're at it, I guess we could look uh, look this thing up. This is for the sixth. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to get on this. It's uh, I don't know. Uh, they they've been they did they did announce a women's match. I saw it literally on their Twitter earlier, and I can't remember uh what the heck it was right off the hand here. <clears throat> <clears throat> let's let's all be really quiet. <laughs> Zicky Dice, Zicky Dice is going to be in action. Yeah, yeah, Zicky Dice is going to be uh, teaming up with a mystery partner as he takes on Watts and Pope. Uh, this will be a sanctioned by the NWA match, of course. TV champion Zicky Dice, uh, who was also on the Patreon call. Rob, you were a part of that. Uh, he was, uh, if you're a, Pat- a Cardi Land Patreon member. You got the uh, ex- a chance to sit out and, and discuss with Zicky Dice uh, a few things. Uh, he he actually talked even about the uh, negotiations that went on with and all the discussion about him not being a part of the NWA and that sort of thing. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, but uh, one of the reasons that the Patreon can be worth it. Um, I, any guesses, you guys, on on who Zicky Dice could possibly be considering for his mystery partner, or who they have lined up, or, or chat room? You guys, who 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 are you who are you feeling for for the mystery opponent here that Pope and Watts are going to have to take on? We should also mention, by the way, Watts is on AEW Dark coming up here pretty soon, so that's that's kind of cool too. Yeah, I, I mean, the only thing I'll mention, and and we were talking about this before. Um, is uh, in the discord we were having some conversation around this and you know uh, somebody brought up that zicky's been uh doing a few things with enzo enzo formerly enzo amore um on his twitch stream and stuff like that and that could be a a pretty big shock factor um and it it would if that's the case it would kind of make sense that that's why they're not announcing it because i could see how it could possibly be spun in a negative light beforehand and maybe they want it to be a surprise. I don't know. So I could see that. I mean, it's a little bit of a long shot, but it could totally, could totally happen and and totally work. And I mean, honestly, outside of that, I mean, I don't have a big hunch about anyone else. You know, if we're, if we're looking at the, the NWA, um, nobody really jumps out to me as somebody who would, would be in that spot. I don't know. Rob, what do you think? Well, the, the, the popular pick right now and the one that I've seen a lot of is obviously Enzo for good reason, and I think that would be fantastic. <clears throat> but being on that Patreon call, and I don't know if Polka Dot Pam's in the chat or not tonight, but she was in there with me, and um, he made a comment <clears throat> just uh, as an aside, and I don't know if he used the word question or if he said something about questions being ar- arising over this, but he said it in such a way that made me, made me think, could it be the question mark? Could question mark be the mystery partner? And uh, I don't know. He, he just he said something about that. So <clears throat> I have to go back and watch the, uh, the call when Maureen puts it out. But he seemed to say something about people have questions or alluding to a question or something. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Is he teasing question mark maybe? So I'd say Enzo is probably the, bet, the, the, the safe bet, but – Man, maybe question mark. We saw Aaron Stevens last week. 
Well, I'm seeing John Stallman in the chat uh, throw out the idea of Ricky Starks uh, since AEW is clearly okay with some folks showing up on UWN Primetime Live uh, based on the silhouette. He's uh, he's guessing Ricky Starks, so that would be interesting to see Ricky show up for sure. Uh, my, my guess, I, I do still uh, wrestling with the MMA, who's in our chat as well, uh, says that Enzo, he, he keeps up with the, uh, Zicky's live streams a lot and says Enzo's definitely on his stream this Wednesday uh, and said that that it would make a lot of sense for that to be the case. Uh, so, yeah, and, and, and of course, question mark, it's possible. Uh, it's interesting to wonder where he's been this whole time, why he wasn't with Aaron Stevens, by the way, who was still repping Mongrovia. Usually you're used to see it a uh, question mark right behind him, but I don't, I don't know. That would be interesting. If for some reason he shows up with Zicky and not with Aaron Stevens. Well, well, question mark has been uh, uh, in quarantine himself, you know, in uh, over in Mongrovia. And right now there are very limited flights from Mongrovia to the state. So it's not like, you know, he wasn't here to support him. You know, you put it out like he strike, like he bailed on him. I love that you, know? you take anything related to Mongrovia very personally. And, and I, I respect <laughs> that about you. Uh, well, the goblet also mentioning in the chat, it's worth talking about is that what it could it be Eddie Kingston. He, he's got a feud with the Pope that, that carried on. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, Good that's point. another, it would be Good really point. cool if they could pick that back up. So, uh, uh, we should also mention right now a newsworthy item that's uh, happened. If you or currently or just later on when you're listening to this, if you saw uh, NXT Takeover, Ember Moon just made her return. There was talk about her never uh, appearing again; that she, her career might be finished, and uh, she just made her debut at the end of the uh, women's championship match. So, uh, welcome back, Ember Moon. Uh, did you guys happen to find, I don't know if you saw anywhere uh, on, on the uh, UWN Twitter or something. I know I just saw them announce a women's match, so it's just driving me crazy. So I was just curious if you guys saw it. I'll look right now as we're talking. And it won't make for dead air. I was wrong. <laughs> oh, did you want us to talk? I'm so sorry. Lacey Ryan is taking on Vipress. Lacey, Lacey Ryan is taking on Vipress, and she's defending the FSW Women's Championship. This is FSW Vegas. Uh, yeah, it's the official wrestling company of Las Vegas of the Southwest. Future Stars of Wrestling is what that is for. That makes sense after, I believe it was just this past week, United Wrestling Network announced a official partnership with Future Stars of Wrestling. So it looks like their first match, based on that, uh, is Lacey Ryan versus uh, Vipress. So Vipress hanging out with, uh, we saw her in a bunch of pictures and follow social media with like uh, Mae Valentine and Allison Kay. So she was out partying with them. I apologize in the uh, chat to Woodland Goblin for missing him, apparently saying it the million times that he typed it into the chat. First of all, yeah. million is way too many times to type something, copy and paste it. And uh, I apologize that I didn't see it. So, all right. Uh, next up on the list, Mike Bennett was on a podcast recently since we were talking about him. I guess that just makes it easy to, to move right into it. And the will will showed me on wrestling Inc daily uh, where he was on there and uh, just basically the, the, the cool stuff out of it was just talking a lot more about how triple H was more in touch uh, with 
things than Vince was. And so, you know, I, I think saying essentially some, some of the same stuff we've all thought about previously uh, that uh, one of his quotes here is he's saying he's actually seen the stuff that guys have done at Ring of Honor and Impact, New Japan, Noah, or wherever. So he knows what guys are capable of. And again, I don't know because it didn't work on him that long to really get a grasp. But besides, there's no no one else besides him because they all just report to Vince. Uh, so everybody just does what Vince wants to see. And that's the core issue. No one's writing television or booking TV because they think they just trust that it's going to be good. They book to save their job. Many of WWE's creative woes are blamed often on the writing staff. Uh, but he says that the writers get a bad rap all the time, basically just talking about uh, that they just do it based on what Vince is into. Uh, the exact uh, quote he gives here is, so if Vince is in that week, like really into poop humor, they're going to be like, well, let's just book a lot of poop humor jokes because we know that'll get on television and we have job security and that's how it works. And uh, there you go. That That's his exact quote for it. So uh, I think we've all had kind of an idea of that's how things go there, but just an interesting thing from uh Mike Bennett there on Wrestling Inc.'s Daily Podcast. Any thoughts there, fellas? Can you hear him? Nope. Sorry. There you go. All right. So I was looking at like... something else and I was like, God dang, I'm just I'm left out to dry here. <laughs> I'm sure it looked like I was saying. I'm sure it looked like I was saying something really interesting. I wasn't. Uh, I was just saying that. Um, I think it's a good reminder that you know, if you're a writer for WWE, you've got some level of talent. We we like to, uh, and and I've been part of that too, giving those guys a hard time and oh, you know, this storyline, that storyline. But it is a good reminder. I mean, these guys, uh, they they and girls have gotten to where they are, and they are writing essentially like Mike Bennett said to, to please the boss. And that, um, you know, can sometimes be a, a detriment. And uh, so, you know, I think we unfairly do kind of point the finger at the writers when ultimately it's a top down thing. And, um, you know, we, we should probably have a little more respect for those guys. They could probably write, you know, great wrestling storylines if, if they didn't have that, you know, the, the Vince factor hanging over them like that. Yeah, um, my, I've got a friend here, Lex Lee, who actually just uh, worked. Well, heck, I don't even want to say this, man. You'll, you'll see it here in, in another week or so when Talking Chop comes out and all that. But um, he they, he had a little stint on WWE as Gary Graham. You'll look it up on YouTube and all that. But he was like, you know, when we went out there, he's like, these writers had everything scripted down to like when we wiped the sweat from our brow. I mean, it's to that level level of minutia. And I know the workers, they're very stifled by that. But, Gary, I mean, Will is absolutely right. It takes talent to be able to do that, to please the scrutinizing eye of, of Vince McMahon and Triple H and, and the, the, the upper echelon of the leadership there at WWE. So, you know, you have to respect them for what they do because this can't, it cannot be an easy job. I mean, you, I haven't been stressed out at work since I left the Army. I'm, I leave work relaxed every day. Those jokers, man, have to like, like their hands are like this every day. You know, I mean, they, they, they're just living on edge because they have to please the boss. <clears throat> yeah. And I think a lot of us can relate to that too. Cause we've been in positions where, 
you know, maybe we knew that something could be done better, but because there was like a, a standard that was set above our head, we were kind of, you know, stranglehold a little bit and couldn't really do things to, to our full potential. And so it's got to be frustrating. So, you know, that was kind of refreshing. It was kind of a down to earth take from a guy that obviously us in the hashtag NWA fam have a lot of respect for as of late in Mike Bennett. So I thought that was cool. that He kind of went to bat for them. Yeah. Very interesting stuff from Mike Bennett. Um, there was another uh, update. Uh, let's see here. It was uh, on Chris Jericho's Saturday night special podcast. One little brief bit of news I wanted to mention was uh, he talked about Wrestle Kingdom 12 in January 2018 and just saying that that was the exact moment that Tony Khan, the president and CEO of AEW, felt confident in starting a new wrestling promotion uh, after seeing the kind of global interest that Jericho and Omega generated uh, and the business that New Japan actually pulled off. Uh, So just... uh, I don't know. I, I guess I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, he Because he, Jericho seems really proud of a lot of people. I guess where I'm going with this is a lot of times, if you listen to Cordette's podcast a lot too, he thinks that Jericho's just cashing a check or, you know, it's it sounds that way is that that's what he's trying to say. But I do think that Jericho is very proud of AEW, that, that he for sure. is taking a lot of credit for that and uh, feels – like he wants it to succeed and to build stars out of it because he feels responsible for helping that get there. And so he was kind of discussing something along those lines with, with how Jericho Omega helped Tony Khan be convinced to start the promotion. And uh, just, just interesting to hear Jericho talk about that. So uh, for, for those who see him like wrestle orange Cassidy or something and think he's just like, whatever, I'll just make some money. I, I don't think he's he's that way. I think he legitimately is trying to put over Orange Cassidy. Like I, I think he he wants AEW yes. to be the top brand. He does, and 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 even like like I don't know if James, if, if James Lawrence is James Lawrence still in the chat. I thought I saw him earlier. Like James Lawrence even has come such such a long way just in a matter of a few weeks about this brand and like what you know the revolution they're trying to accomplish in in pro wrestling and whatever you feel about it. We can have like tactical differences. But Chris Jericho has every reason to be proud of this, of changing the landscape along with the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes. There's only a handful of people that can pull that off, like personalities. You can take any person with money and throw it at it, and that's not going to mean it's going to work. You have to have personalities. And there are only two other people that I think could do that, and that would be like Thunder Rosa and Nick Aldis. I think they're the only other two people besides Jericho and the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes that could just on the strength of their personality and their – their ring persona and their their international uh, respect and goodwill could pull off something like that—a revolution. And I hope that Nick and Thunder Rosa realize that that they're they're, they're in control. That <laughs> they they're so good that they they're on the verge of being bigger than the business. You know what I mean? Like like a, a Chris Jericho or a Young Bucks are and all that. And uh, so. Chris Jericho has every reason to be proud. You can disagree with the tactics. You can disagree with a few matches here and there, how they do that. But don't be proud of what you've done, man. You've created something that is beating the mothership WWE, who we all we all respect WWE. Whether we you know like what's going on or not, we all acknowledge that WWE is the one that's going to raise the standard and bar. And how they go, the rest of the world of pro wrestling goes. I mean, Will's been saying that since we started this, you know. That's why we were so vocal about the things that we don't like with them. 
But, you know, what they did in AEW, man, gosh, take a bow, Jericho. Take a bow, Cody. Take a bow, Young Bucks. And I, I want Nick Aldis and Thunder Rosa to look at that and observe and say, you know, and realize that, hey, they have the strength of personality to be those kinds of guys that they are dictating the terms of wrestling, not someone else. They're that good. They're that respected. They're that credible. I'm with them, man. I'm with them forever. Yeah, I think it was cool in that talk that, <clears throat> and I had never really drawn the association in my head between that Wrestle Kingdom match with him and Kenny uh, and that whole feud being kind of a catalyst for AEW. It totally makes sense. But I think, you know, his, his point was, you know, Jericho made waves in the wrestling world when that happened. If you remember when that happened, and this was before, obviously, AEW was a thing or anything like that, and Jericho had 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 left WWE. I don't know if it was highly publicized or anything like that. But And then I remember when that video showed after uh, Kenny Omega's match in Japan. And, I mean, dude, that was like the biggest thing that had ever happened in wrestling, like it felt like at that point. Because I was like, holy crap, this is Chris Jericho, WWE you know, legend, and he's in New Japan. And it was like the first time that we saw something, somebody of that caliber from WWE show up somewhere besides the WWE. And that really like, I think a light bulb did go off uh, with, as he's saying, Tony Khan and, and the powers that be for AEW saying we could do this. Like we could have a rival promotion with this kind of, of, of appeal. Um, and so, yeah, and I, I absolutely right. I think he should be proud of what he's done. I think he even said in that talk that, you know, what he's been able to do with AEW is like the crowning achievement of his career so far. And this is a guy that's done a lot of things, <laughs> you know, this is a guy that's been a lot of places and, and accomplished a lot of things in professional wrestling. So, you know, I think that's cool. I, I think, and I think it's genuine. I, I don't think he, I don't think he takes credit for AEW success in the sense that he knows it's not a one man show, but I think he's self-aware enough to know that his presence brought a, level of of credibility to AEW when they launched that may not have been there without his presence. And I think that's completely valid. I think him being there and him being that uh that uh, AEW world champion was was extremely beneficial to to the credibility that they have now with us as the wrestling community. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And uh Jericho's oh you know I've seen the criticisms of, of him doing silly stuff but I mean that's kind of always been his thing I mean he he bounces back and forth and uh, it's the strength of his character I think that he's able to do that he always takes it right to the line and even when he appears outside of the main event picture if you're watching AEW right now it appears he's like working his way right back in again so it's a uh, kind of interesting to see what he's doing um I, I guess uh, there, there's a lot of places to go there, but uh, what what they we should mention is uh, speaking of AEW uh, this week, uh, they've uh, announced that uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager are going to be taking on Luther and uh, Serpentico uh, in that uh, tag tournament they're doing. And Brian Cage is defending the FTW Championship against Will Hobbs. Uh, that Will Hobbs, I like that guy. Uh, and uh, also though the first. Ever dog collar match is taking place as Brody Lee is defending the TNT championship against Cody. That looks like it's going to be kind of wicked. Uh, I don't know the last time I've seen a dog collar match. Uh, do you guys remember a dog collar match I, recently? I don't. I, I seriously, I mean, I think did uh, Daniel Bryan have one? 
Daniel Bryan and somebody had one, or was that a or was that just a strap match or something like that? There I think was, he had a strap match, match, but yeah, like an actual dog collar match. I don't. Yeah, I mean, dog collar match, man. Valentine, man. Piper and Greg yeah. Valentine. Yeah. Yeah. Greg I was going to say, man. I mean, that's. Piper lost that, an ear in that match. Jeez. Huh. <sighs> well, that's going to be exciting, and uh, AEW's already proven. Uh, that they'll go all out on these things and they're not afraid to uh, have some blood and uh, stuff like that thrown in there. So it'll be uh, kind of interesting. I'm seeing in the chat, Raven and Abyss had a dog collar match. So, seven uh, levels and then, of, seven levels and of, then of course, yeah, the seven yeah, levels of hate, bitch uh, by Roscoe. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, so some good dog collar matches in history, but uh, it'll be interesting to see them uh, bring that back this Wednesday. I'm kind of excited to see what they, uh, what they come up with. All right. And uh, on the same note, since we were talking about uh, Jericho, I also wanted to bring up that um, another big piece of news that kind of dropped. I was reading more about it in The Observer because I wasn't really familiar with everything going on here. And and, and admittedly, I'm trying to learn a lot about New Japan, but uh, it's Harold George uh, Mage. Mage. Is that how you pronounce his last name? I think that's it. Uh, he was the president and CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, he'd been getting rave reports of how he handled like COVID nineteen and uh, had, had taken New Japan to record revenues and profits and that sort of thing. But uh, suddenly, just here recently, uh, he was—I uh, think it was on September 29th to be exact. Uh, Bushi Road uh, dropped him as the CEO of New Japan. Uh, he's going to remain in the position till October twenty third uh, when Takami Obari. Uh, will take over. He was uh, head of New Japan in America, uh, their American division, so he'll be taking over the whole company. Uh, but for some reference, uh, Harold was the uh, senior vice president of Coca-Cola in Japan starting in like 2006. Uh, in 2014, he left for a company called Tomi, which he built into a $2 billion per year uh, business in the Japanese market, making it the number one toy company in Japan. Uh and uh, he became the president and CEO there in 2015, and that made him one of the first foreigners to ever lead a Japanese company of that size. He left that company and appeared to have retired until he was hired by New Japan in May of 2018. Uh, and so he's been there for like two years, five months, and he became a pretty controversial figure during that time. Uh, not like for anything like really wicked, just that he was... Uh, there was a lot of bitterness from some talent, especially the American talent as time went on, just uh, that they didn't feel like they were treated fairly, uh, that they had given their loyalty to new Japan. And he didn't seem to have that same loyalty back to them. Uh, that, that goes into play with the AEW thing, because like around 2018, I was reading a little bit about this, that, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk about the formation of AEW and wrestlers leaving like the young bucks, Cody Rhodes was going to be in there and Adam page. And, uh, and of course, Kenny Omega. And they expected that. Yeah, sure. Maybe all these guys will, but Omega probably won't, uh, because he loves Japan and he lives here and he's not going to do anything and who cares. And, uh, they, he, he was kind of treated as though he downplayed that whole situation because Kenny Omega was the top, uh, American star they had over there at the time. And uh, anyway, so he got a lot of criticism there and uh, he was supposed to be going to the Madison square garden show to fight uh, Okada. 
and uh, ended up, I think, getting pulled from that matchup, and that caused a lot of backlash uh, because New Japan decided to stay loyal to ROH and didn't want to go with this rival company. So Tony Khan's been asked about this recently because of this guy departing since it seemed like he had these uh, uh, kind of butted heads maybe a little bit with these guys. Uh, Tony's reaction was pretty much, I'm not sure yet what this means. Uh, he says his initial gut feeling is that it could be good. Uh, so this could open up new stuff with uh, AEW and New Japan. So that's kind of the talk of the town right now, that that, that could be coming back around. Uh but this this guy was also the well known because he was the one who you know set up the uh, Tokyo Dome shows to go for like two nights, which gave them a lot of revenue, which they say saved the company during the pandemic. And uh, also, he set up the Omega and Jericho match in January of 2018, where uh, that you know made huge revenues as well. Uh, he also was hugely known for building the women's fan base in New Japan, uh, even setting up like a women's only section in the New Japan areas when they were having matches. If they wanted to go there and not have to worry about being hit on by uh, the male fans while they're watching wrestling and that sort of thing. So uh, he, he had his ups and downs over in Japan, but he, he wasn't you know loved by everybody because of those kind of things. They, they definitely just that maybe he didn't read the waters correctly, but uh, and that he downplayed AEW too much. So uh, I don't know, uh, Will, if you had any thoughts on that, but uh, I just uh, thought it was kind of an interesting story and worth mentioning. Well, I mean, you know, it excites me, the possibility of uh, AEW and, and New Japan partnering. I just think it makes tons of sense. I mean, there's a lot of synergy between the talent there and uh, and their connection, obviously, Kenny and, and a number of those other guys to New Japan. And I think it would be great exposure the same way that we've said that, you know, Thunder Rosa being on Dynamite has been great exposure for the NWA and it's created a lot of synergy. I mean, I think it would be good for, for all parties involved. I mean, I think you'd see some some more U.S. subscribers to to NJPW World and things like that, but just being exposed to, to some of that talent and some crossover would be really cool. And, you know, there's, there's just something, I mean, in the professional wrestling world at, in America, there, there's always a deep connection to Japan. I mean, it's always been that way. When I was a kid, it was always huge when Flair would go defend in Japan or Vader, you know, came from, from Japan. And there was always these references to Japan. And I think, there's such a rich wrestling culture in Japan. And when you can tie that in to something in the U S as big as AEW, because obviously it's never going to happen with WWE. They're not going to partner with anybody. Um, but if you can create some kind of partnership and synergy there, and I, I love their partnership with ring of honor. I think it was great. That's how I became more exposed to uh, new Japan because I had first kind of become a ring of honor fan. And that's where I was seeing all these guys, you know, in the elite for the first time and kind of getting connected and then seeing the crossover that they were doing at Wrestle Kingdom and big shows like that. And so I think uh, bringing that back and, and creating that connection would be just great for wrestling as a whole. So that when I read that, those quotes, I just got excited about that idea because, you know, like I said, as a wrestling fan, just Japan is just so cool. New Japan, uh, all Japan, all that stuff like that it's just it's just such a big part of wrestling in the world. I love that when there's that connection between the U.S. and Japan for wrestling. 
Oh, yeah, man. And, and I, I don't care what you're talking about, whether it's baseball or soccer or pro wrestling. J- Japan is such a is such a world-class cauldron of talent, man. And the, the NWA has always had roots in Japan. Uh, it's one of the flags that's on the 10 pounds of gold um, because that's uh, one of the countries that the NWA has traditionally been defended in. And, you know, Nick Aldis has talked about his dreams of defending in Japan. Thunder Rosa is a Joshi Princess champion. I mean, Eddie Kingston is so heavily influenced by the Japanese uh, strong style uh, of wrestling. The world is better when Japanese talent is involved with American talent. The world is just better off that way. And uh, you have an obligation, I think, to be an informed wrestling fan you have an obligation to be aware of New Japan. You have to. Uh, we had the debate a, a while back about PWI recognizing, you know, which championships. And we have all said that the NWA championship should be recognized as the pre- pre- per- perennial world title. But nobody's debating the fact that the New Japan championship belts are world titles. They are world titles. They're world-class champions. And to the extent that they can be involved and interact over here, uh, in the United States, the better. It's better for everybody. You have to be informed, man, about Japan. Totally agree. Uh, that's why I even brought it up is I want to make sure that we're covering all the relevant stuff in the wrestling industry. This is going to be a big move for New Japan and could be a precursor to some huge moves in the U.S. as well. Uh, I, I tried to get some of the uh, people more knowledgeable than myself about it uh, as far as like in the uh, industry uh, – their ideas on it. Of course, obviously I'm talking about like some melters and those kind of people. And uh, you know, the, the discussion I saw there was that like, yeah, it could be an opening for AEW and, and new Japan to partner up. But also one of the things that was promised when this gentleman was taking over was that he was going to help move new Japan into the U S and you know, obviously the pandemic had a lot to do with this, but that was one of those things that, you know, he promised like a certain amount per year. He didn't get that. So, so the idea was, is that he didn't reach the target amount and it couldn't happen without moving into the U.S. And uh, so he didn't move it into the U.S. And so chances are that revenues were so low that they they used this as an excuse to go ahead and get him off the books as far as the salary so that their, their numbers look better. But uh, I, I guess the point I'm trying to get to, though, is that they were saying that on one hand, they could work with AEW, but the idea was also for them to have their own deal in the U.S. So, and if that were to occur, then how well would a deal with AEW work? Because they're going to try to compete with AEW at the same time. So it's interesting to, uh, it's going to be neat to see how this plays out, I guess. Uh, there's there's different factors at play here. So it may not just be as simple as, uh, no, they're buddies. <laughs> there's definitely other factors at play. I, I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, according to uh, an article in wrestling Inc this week, and uh, since confirmed from others in the company, Vince McMahon sent an email to talent that WWE would be taking control of all Twitch and cameo accounts in four weeks. Uh, Talent was told that all accounts in those genres would be owned by the company, but talent could earn a percentage of revenue from their accounts. What got people upset is that the revenue would count against their downside guarantees uh, with no house shows, essentially the old bookkeeping method of what the talent that are under contract now earn in almost all cases, except giant merchandise draws would be less than the downside. Uh, 
taking away the house show, uh, the, the house shows were a large percentage of those uh, getting sales for merchandise and that sort of thing. So now they're going to use basically uh, to round it off. They're 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 going to use the cameo revenue as uh, ways to uh, supplement their downside guarantees, essentially. Uh, some of the talent, of course, is livid about this, and uh, some of it are uh, like, okay, great, well, it's going to open up that independent contractor issue all the more, and uh, so, you know, what are his attorneys thinking? Uh, but, you know, nobody's really speaking publicly about it. They're all just like squeaking to the dirt sheets, you know, supposedly, but uh, it's uh, interesting to see how this is going to play. Uh, this, of course, got Andrew Yang back involved with it. He was talking to Wrestling Inc. I don't know what. I, I feel like this is going to lead to a WrestleMania match between Andrew Yang and Vince McMahon. Uh, <laughs> it feels like, Why not? Why not? <laughs> this is the way things are going to go. Uh, but he was quoted as saying, if your company is worth $3.3 billion, uh, and the way the way you treat your workers is just shameful. You could have made an argument in the past about costs, but now you can't. It's just plain effing greed at this point. If you were to ask professional wrestlers, how many of you would like to be part of the Screen Actors Guild? I have a feeling you'd see every single hand go up because SAG affords tremendous protections to other actors and actresses who are on screen every day and every week. The parallels are almost 100% where if you're a professional wrestler, you're inhabiting a character, you're given storylines and plots. In some cases, you're given actual lines, you rehearse, you perform in front of a televised audience. A lot of this is that wrestlers are afraid to speak out. I've had wrestlers past and present reach out to me and say, Vince has been getting away with the exploitation of wrestlers, calling themselves independent contractors while controlling their activities for years and years. A lot of it is just that they are a quasi-monopoly and wrestlers fear that if they do try and unionize or organize in any way that Vince doesn't like, that they will never be able to work again. So that is that story. Rob, I see the nope. fiery passion right. in your eyes. No, no, I'm not taking it, man. <laughs> I'm, not <touching> it. <laughs> I'm not touching this one. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's good. That's good, Rob, because I just don't have the energy to argue with you tonight. I just want to <laughs> tonight, keep it friendly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think anyone with with a with a conscience and a, uh, a a good sense of how to treat humanity um, knows how to feel about that story. And, and let me say too that there, it, it, when we're talking about what people have a right to do and what people should do, those are two different discussions. Okay, we can get in here and talk about what someone has a right to do, but sometimes. You exercising your right to do something makes you an asshole. You know what I mean? So uh, right. so you have a right in a free society, and I like free societies. You have a right to be an asshole as long as it doesn't, you know, as long as you're not. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just not going to get into it. We're talking about two different things when we're talking about what someone, what's, what is the case is, is not the same as what ought to be the case. Okay. Those are two different philosophical discussions. And for me to try to get on here and, and, and make that point and drag that out because I really believe in fundamental rights. I believe in the rights of individual players and I believe in the rights of corporate entities to, to exercise with very little restraint, you know, um, that's going to make me sound like a jerk, but I think that, I think that individual players have their, their right is to, to act as in, as individual players is as essential and as fundamental as the right of corporate entities to act. And I don't want to get into a philosophical discussion because it's going to make me sound bad and, and heartless, and that's not what I'm trying to get at. 
Um, you know, I'm a very sympathetic person to people who lose their jobs and and who are or have a jerk of a boss. But having a boss who's a jerk is not a crime. Okay. Just because it's not a crime doesn't mean you're not an asshole, though. So I just want to get that out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, and you know, we're not gonna, we're definitely not gonna argue about this because you, I mean, you, that's a fair point. I think for me, where I come at it uh, is, you know, we're we're a, po- a podcast of three wrestling fans, right? And we're at the end of the day, uh, always going to advocate for the talent because. Those guys are the reasons that we're fans. They're not the only reasons. I mean, we understand that there's a business side to things and there's writers and there's people who are funding these events and and promoting it and putting it on. But at the end of the day, I mean, we we fell in love with the wrestlers and their their performance and their competition in the ring. And so for me, you know, again, you're right. I mean, it's not illegal. I guess. I don't know. They're trying to figure that out. It sounds like, but like whether or not it's okay to do or not, doesn't mean it's, it's the right thing to do. And it doesn't mean it's not like a slap in the face to the people who are, you know, literally busting their ass to, to put your company in a position to make money and they're making a ton of money. So it's just, you know, it's just, it's a bad look. And I think that's what I, what I called it last time. It's just, it just doesn't look good. And from a PR standpoint, I mean, if you want to get into the business of it, you're not really making yourself look like a, a, a nice, generous and and well-meaning business. You're, you're making yourself out to be the greedy heel of, of the corporate wrestling world, you know, and if that's what Vince wants, then mission accomplished. But I just feel like that's not not a good look. Yeah, I think the the thing is is that at the end of the day when we're we're discussing something like this, we're all like sitting here wanting the best for the talent that's involved. Like we want them to get as much money as they can possibly get. They're a part of the uh greatest sport that we love and like all of this stuff. Like we we care about these people. We want them to be served properly for doing what they do and putting their bodies on the line. So it's it's never uh that I don't think. Um, and so the discussion, and I think this gets lost sometimes and is that, uh, really it's about like, how do they achieve that for themselves? And so it's, it's, you know, on one hand, we look at an entity like WWE being in this position that they're so powerful that it feels as though there's not an opportunity for these individuals to achieve, what's fair for them. And so you have to ask like, at what point is the point that say the government would step in? And that's ultimately the, the usual, I think the question, and a lot of us would feel like the government should, I think some of us would feel like the government should stay out of it. And the wrestlers should be able to unionize and form their own thing and do like a screen actors guild kind of thing. Like nobody's stopping them technically from doing that, um, that they fear for their jobs. Some would, say is like the the part like where else are they going to go what else are they going to do well things are opening up now so maybe that's becoming more of a possibility but I, I guess what i'm trying to say is i don't think either you know we don't have to have the full debate about like when is the right time for somebody to help them along but it's just like i think that's the ultimate de- decision there it's just like we all want the best for them it's just like does andrew yang need to step in or does do the wrestlers need to figure it out is basically well, I think where, where it is a private player. I don't have a problem with him stepping in. And, and certainly, I mean, unionizing is 
very much within the context and the discussion of, of the history of Amer- of the free market system. Um, you can do that without, uh, you know, I, I think that's far preferable to government regulation or government intervention, because when you let the government intervene, then you're ceding the decisions about what's right and wrong to them. And they are, they, they do not care. If you think they care, they definitely don't care. So, you know, I mean, it's like, if you want to dance with the government, you're dancing with a very fickle partner. I would much rather trust the, the, the act, the, the players, the independent players to unionize and collectively assert themselves as a talent pool. That's how you, that's, I'm much more in favor of that. Or we live in the most vibrant time in the history of pro wrestling. You look at, Guys like Aldis and Thunder Rosa, they're you know they've had some some exposure on some some big time shows. Most recently, with Thunder Rosa on AEW and Nick Aldis with Impact, but they are redefining the game on the strength of their brand, their individual brands. And it's like Nick Aldis was saying the other day on a on a show. He was like, hey, "Look, I'm not going to entertain uh, wrestlers. Have to be they have to be." very savvy today. They have to be into, you know, technologically savvy. There's no, the world is no longer big enough for wrestlers who aren't tech savvy and can't produce their own content and make their own brand and augment it with all these things. And that's what's, it's what it's going to take. Right. But now the studio is in your own garage, like, like I am right now. And, and you guys are like Ricky Starks, who was noticed because he cut his own promo and all that. That's where the battles are won and lost today. And, and wrestlers, by all means, have every right to to unionize and to assert themselves that way. But that's far preferable to looking to the government for intervention. If you want the government to do that, you're dancing with a very dangerous and fickle partner who ultimately does not care. They don't care. Yeah. Um, I And, you know, th- I'm seeing the chat like Jesse Ventura being brought up and stuff. This is something he's often talked about and uh, even discussed back in the day is like reportedly even possibly some of the issues that he's had with Vince over the years and that sort of thing. But I feel like I've heard him even say like, he thought that the ultimate thing was like, you know, Hogan wasn't going to get on board with that. And so like with, with the union or, or anything like that, and that's probably at, at the end of the day, probably what's what it's going to take is like, uh, I don't even know if Roman Reigns is big enough. Like it'd have to be like a John Cena has to bust back on the scene and like, start pushing somebody who doesn't care i would imagine would be the person that could uh empower people enough to want to say something uh front rows mentioning to me uh in the chat that uh you know recently uh uk wrestlers have become members of a uh, uh, union equity and uh, they're recognized as performers now like on a show so so they've been able to accomplish it it's, it's probably coming down the line for professional wrestlers i would imagine this is they're not going to be able to keep doing this forever. Um, I know that just Tony Khan at AEW stepping into the picture has raised, you know, the pay for wrestlers. Uh, That's by, right. There you go. Know. That's that, that would be my counter argument to anybody who would argue otherwise. You have Tony Khan with his resources and and his own venture stepping in without any assistance or anything, and he has just by the strength of that elevated wrestler pay across the spectrum. You know, it's like like Jay Cal always says, rising tides raise all ships, you know, and and, and that's the best thing. And I, I just saw the comment in the chat about, uh, you know, when you have the government intervening, then suddenly everybody is just an entity and, and they will not differentiate. They'll 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 throw out regulations and standards that will ultimately strip and drown and smother independent professional wrestling. And that's something we don't want to do because independent wrestling is the wellspring. It's the you know, that that's our farm. 
and you have to do anything to protect them. Anytime, I'm going to tell you, private players can do anything better than the government can do 100% of the time, including national defense. 100% of the time, they can do anything better than the government can do. Anything. Yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of uh, legal stuff, I mean, you know, if you want to get into it, did you see Joey Ryan is filing uh, two multi-million dollar lawsuits in California's Central District Court in Los Angeles for libel and slander? Uh, the first one's against three of his accusers. Uh, all of the women wrestlers who came forward. Uh, well, I mean, all of them were some of the w- women wrestlers who came forward against him. Uh, one of whom supposedly works for a major promotion. Uh, and all three of whom would be relatively well-known among hardcore wrestling fans. Uh, and uh, he's uh, basically accusing them for false stories. He's saying uh, he's missing out on $20,000 per month. He's charging that back to like June 21st, I think. Uh, but just an interesting side note as a piece of news. I don't know if either one of you want to comment on that, but. I, I don't have a comment to make. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate, but I, uh, I, uh, you know, I think that if uh, people were wronged in that, they that they should be vindicated. And I think if there were women that were wronged, then Joey Ryan should pay the price. And he has every right to to seek recourse to the justice system if he feels like he's got an argument. But I think that victims need to be respected and they need to be vindicated. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just saying whoever was wrong needs to be righted. There. That's a that's a good, I think, level way of handling this, Rob. This is the most politically correct you've ever been, Rob. We should toss some more uh, political questions at Rob so we can get these these nice straight answers. I've got daughters, man. I've got daughters, so I you know I tend to sympathize with women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Well, speaking of daughters, uh, John Farmer's always uh, in the chat, and uh, we love having him around sometimes when he's able to join it. Uh, and uh, his daughter, Kaylee Farmer, better known as Camille in the NWA, just won the NPC Daytona Beach Classic Bodybuilding Championships on September 26th. Uh, it's like a bikini contest with heels and the emphasis on muscularity. Uh, it's, a, it's a bodybuilding contest, of course, but... Uh, it's a uh, it's it's kind of a mix of like a pageant bodybuilding contest, from my understanding. Uh, and uh, not only did she win, though, uh, the moment she won, she was asked to stay out for another award. And then uh, Tom Latimer comes out and asks her to marry him, and she accepted on stage. And uh, there you go, Camille and Tom are officially engaged to be married. And I wanted to bring this up last week, I think, but uh, just things got away from us, but uh, props to Camille and Tom. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. That's, that's, it was awesome, man. I mean, part of my heart broke because I always, I always dreamed of like when my wife leaves me that I was going to marry Camille, (laughs) you know, so, uh, (laughs) you know, but but they, they they're a lovely couple and they deserve every good thing that happens to them and I wish them the best. That's good. That's good. I uh I hope your wife never leaves you, Rob. Yeah. She won't, man. She's, at this point, she's stuck, man. I mean, <laughs> hey, and no one ever gets over Robbie Rude. Just ask Gary. <laughs> we didn't talk for those two weeks. He kept crazy. He kept crazy bitch texting me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <you> text. <laughs> 
I need, okay, let's get help. <laughs> Camille would toss Rob around like a blow up doll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy to see that, like, right after the engagement, there was a photo from both of them. I can't remember which account it was from, but it was of uh, Camille getting some cheeseburger, like a nice, huge ass double decker cheeseburger. Cause I'm like, man, please, because you can't just have superhero body type all the time. That's insane. Man, she, looked gotta, she looked yeah. she did look like a superhero. Oh, yeah. When you saw her on UWN, I mean, good Lord, when she took on Heather Monroe, like, has there ever been, like, a more chiseled person than, than she looked like then? It was incredible. I'm going to tell you, one of the most endearing things about Camille to me is like how much she deeply loves Tom Latimer. And, and I go back to one of our talent calls, I don't know, you guys, maybe Front Row was in on that one. I'm not quite sure, but uh, she was, like, so giddy because she had bought him a birthday present. And she bought him a telescope because he loves aliens and he loves dinosaurs. And uh, she bought him this telescope so they could, like, just, you know, hunt out aliens and stuff. And I was like, you're such a you – you are awesome. And and and, and Tom Latimer and, – and, and she's lucky, too. Tom's a good, a good find, but um, – He's so lucky to have her, ma'am. She's she's. I, I wish them the best. Saying, uh, telling it, telling a guy he's, you're you're lucky to have her is an interesting way of saying I, I want your girlfriend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, also love, I also love the arc of this episode where we went from like these deep political issues to like some dating uh, reviews and yeah. And- yeah. Hey, this 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 hey, thing is all over the place. I love it. Listen, we bring you everything here at this is the NWA. I feel like sometimes when it gets too hot, we gotta we gotta cool it off a little bit with some uh you know just some light light conversation. <laughs> um, let's do some impact news. Uh, because I don't think last week we got to talk about the fact that Ken Shamrock is uh, getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Ken Shamrock is getting inducted into the Impact. Hall of Fame on October 24th. Uh, and uh, he was talking about on Twitter that his feud with Dwayne The Rock Johnson was one of the highlights of his career. Uh, and uh, he asked The Rock on Twitter, like, hey, man, I'm getting inducted to the thing. Would you do something for it? And The Rock wrote him back and said, uh, uh, yeah, I'll do it. You'll have a video this weekend or something like that. And that's uh, that's pretty amazing. That's uh, that's cool of the rock, and uh, you can tell. I guess Fitz has nothing to do with him anymore because uh, sounds like the rock's cool with it. He didn't give a crap. Yeah. Well, the rock's bigger than them, so <laughs> you know they're trying. <laughs> they're, they're trying. They're, they're trying to encourage the the rock to run for president. So the rock is in a. He's earned the position to be able to do whatever the freak he wants to do, and he loves wrestling, and he's a great one. And uh, so I think that's fantastic. I love it, man. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I mean, I guess it's worth mentioning too that uh, he did announce uh, this past week. I think that the XFL would be returning in the spring of 2022. So talk about being bigger than Vince McMahon. He's also going to try to do this thing that Vince McMahon couldn't make happen. Uh, when he purchased it, they were talking about having it restart uh, in 2021. Uh, but I think because of uh, the uncertainties with COVID and everything and being able to put people in the stands, uh that kind of interrupted negotiating the television deals and that sort of thing. So uh, whatever they, they didn't want to afford any losses. Uh, I mean, 
they just spent like eighty million dollars or something. So I guess they could probably afford it. But whatever. Uh, they just decided this year wasn't feasible for the XFL. So you got to wait till twenty twenty two, Rob, to watch the XFL. Well, I'm gonna tell you, the, the Rock is a is a former football player. He knows what he's doing. You don't put Vince McMahon in charge of football any more than you put Jim Hurd, a pizza guy, in charge of the WCW. You know what I mean? So the Rock is going to succeed. I like it. You, you have a you have a deep rooted bitterness still to this day about Hurd. I like it. Uh, he tried to make Ric Flair shave his head and call himself Spartacus. I'm like, to Ric Flair? I was like, you're a you're a freaking dickwad. You're a cockmaster, and you don't need to be in wrestling. Can I, I'm sorry. I, uh, you're a dick master. You cannot be <laughs> you <got> better. <laughs> Just stop. Okay. <laughs> you're, <making it> worse. <laughs> you're a penis master. <laughs> still going. Still going. Quick <laughs> mute <him> here. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm happy with this. This is this is good TV. <laughs> Just let Rob go. Uh, all right. Well, there's just the discussions happening in the chat. We'll go ahead and bring this one up right now. Uh, William Patrick Corgan on September 30th put out a thing about power. Uh, obviously, he was celebrating like a lot of us were the uh, year anniversary for the first uh, day of tapings of NWA power. Uh, he said, and I quote for all of you who did not get to see it. One year ago, we shot our first episode of NWA power. Suffice to say, it has been a crazy ride ever since. From trending number one worldwide on our debut to successful pay-per-views to having to stop many plans, including the Crockett Cup, due to the plague, to Rosa appearing with the NWA Women's Championship on All Elite Wrestling, to now adding our voice to the collective that is Primetime Live on the United Wrestling Network, I can only say to our great fans, hang in there. We are currently talking about bringing back power very soon, even if it means we can't have fans in the stands because we just want to get back to work. But it's nice to see our friend and former champion, Tim Storm here. If anyone can lead us out of this, it's a man or woman like him who gives it all he or she's got, even when the chips are down. Uh, obviously he's got a picture of Tim Storm with this. That's why, why that would make more sense. If you can see this, uh, that sounds more grim than I meant it. Mean it Cause yeah, still here, still kicking and ready to get ready to rock. Uh, so essentially, Billy Corgan announced they've still got plans to get power back on the road. And uh, even if they can't do it with fans, which was initially kind of the thing they were saying, like, hey, you know, power doesn't work in, in the studio without fans. We don't really want to do that. But they're kind of backtracking on that a little bit. And uh, I don't mean that in a negative way, by the way, because, I mean, I'm ready for power to come back, too. And, uh, of course, on the Nation show, Nick Aldis was just on there as well, if you guys missed that. And uh, as well as Thunder Rosa. And uh, he spoke about that a little bit. And uh, he said that uh, he kind of hinted at that you could expect some news on that soon on that show. So I think that's okay to, to point out as well. Uh, we've seen the surveys going out with a lot of questions about who their audience is and how much interest there is. So I think it's all, uh, I think that's all part of this, this bigger plan. Yeah, well, I think that, one, we don't want to. I still stand by the original philosophy of we need to have fans in, in the stands. Uh, what that means, if you don't, obviously we're going to support whatever they do because we need we need the NWA flagship show back. And if it's UWN, that's great because I've been very pleased with what they've done. Um, but, uh, um, you know, I think that we've got to uh, look at a scenario where possibly you've got 
maybe limited fans in the audience. I mean, just power power is about the fans and and it's about the fans being in there. So if you have to social distance and limit it to a quarter capacity or whatever, that's how I'd like to see it. But ultimately, I'm for whatever I want to see it back. Uh, there was the whole question about Sandoval being the representative fan, and I would get behind that for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm very, very encouraged by Corgan and his statement. And, uh, and uh, you know, we're going to – you know, we've been saying it the whole time, guys. Uh, everybody was out there heralding the death of the NWA, but who was here, front row, your bearded trio wrestling with the MMA. We've been here the whole time saying – NWA is coming back, guys. It ain't going nowhere. It's coming back. It's just a, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Exactly. And uh, if it's a GPB, we're going to be there. We will sneak in. We'll be out. out in the bathroom. We'll camp out. We'll just be outside grilling hot dogs, hanging out. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The uh, yeah, front row saying Mr. Corgan said on the Cardi Land call that the music industry contacts he has said it might be late 2021 before they could fill a studio like GPB. Uh, so this makes sense. Uh, John Stallman says if Shane Douglas can't kill the NWA, COVID is it? There you go. That's the way to look at it. But yeah, uh, we could we could make this happen. We'll still have like power parties. Maybe we could just like have Man, we'll them. Be out there. We'll be out there outside the GPBO studios. We'll set up. We'll get us a little MiFi, and we'll set up. And and uh, I know that Will does the SEO things on play on the play box, and we'll do we'll do live commentary outside the show. Man, outside the studio, we'll have it. Front row will be there. We'll have our group outside where it's safe. It's going to happen, and we will be there when it happens. Promise you. Just like I'm going to be in Buda, Texas, I promise you, whether they have fans in GPB or not, I'm going to be there. I will be there. Yep. Uh, Roscoe says, I like Sandoval, but he is a fan. It doesn't belong to be a part of the actual wrestling. People need to stop trying to get fans to be part of the actual wrestling. Rob? Roscoe, zip it, man. I love you. But the, the fans are part of wrestling. Sandoval, Sandoval is a part of wrestling. The, the GPB fan base at Power is the 12th man. They are a part of wrestling. And if you don't like that, then you don't like the style that we do in the studio in the NWA. But Mass Fan is a part of it. Heather Hunley is a part of it. Polka Dot Pam's a part of it. Uh, Gary Horn's a part of it. My family's a part of it. Adam Rotel is a part of it. They are a part of it. It is a part of wrestling. And they, well, that's that's your opinion, bro. Your opinions are like buttholes. We all got them. But I'm going to tell you, this. The, as a matter of fact, the way it's happened and the way that it that was the coolest brand for a long, long time has been the fans interacting with wrestling. Santa Ball is a part of it, and he should be. Um, he, you know, the thing is, the first thing that came to my mind too is that, like, that's that's a tradition, actually, with, like, the studio wrestling, too. That, that That's not... That did not start with Sandoval. That's been back to the seventies and eighties, right? Like, oh, I mean, it was had, there was like the old lady who was always in the studio. Like, uh, I forget her name. Like, they they even gave her a name. And there, there's always been like these fans that stand out. That always, even WWE had side guy and all of that stuff. Like, there's Gosh, there's right. always been like the fans that stand out. I'm Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes. You know, I mean, he he brought uh, what was her name, man? The beautiful, beautiful African American woman. Who was Sapphire? A, Sapphire brought her in. That wasn't a work. That was something that like the fans bought into that. And 
You know, the you know who made the four horsemen? Fans made the four horsemen. Arn Anderson came out and said it just on a whim. And the next week, the fans were out there in suit and ties holding up four horsemen signs. And the and the community responded to that. And Roscoe, I may be misunderstanding what you're saying. And brother, don't you're free to your opinion, dude. We're we're this is an open forum. Don't don't feel like we're trying to bully you or anything. I respect you. But I'm gonna tell you right now, I believe that in our brand of wrestling, what what makes us, what makes each of us, the three of us, the bearded trio, so much a part of this is the fact that Nick Aldis gave us the time of day. Thunder Rosa gives us the time of day. She was in our chat this evening. Brian Rosa was in our chat this evening. You know, we've had everybody who chose to give us the time of day of fans because they care about how we react and how we respond. And maybe it's not the case in WWE or or whatever, but historically, generally speaking, the fans are very much a part of this equation, and they ought to be. Santa Val, Santa Val, I would love to see Santa Val versus freaking just Josephus. They had their little ta- entanglement. I would pay to see it, man. <laughs> Heck yeah. I mean, they put Santa Val like right outside their manager to match. Uh, he climbed up <laughs> the ring, which nobody wanted. And, and Billy still talks about that. Uh, but yeah, uh, so so I, I, I'm totally on board with fans. Like some, sometimes that's the exciting part of the show is like the fans you're always used to seeing. And it makes it feel like home. Uh, and uh, of course, Woodland Goblin mentioning the girls in the stands in the 80s uh, on Georgia Championship Wrestling and... Uh, uh, ECW had a water boy in the ring even. And, uh, yeah, this is, this is tradition. The, the fans have always existed. And, uh, I, I remember going to Monday night raw and getting excited because I was seated behind side guy and like meeting him and getting a picture with him, just the red hat and the blue, uh, shirt and, uh, the collar shirt or whatever. But anyway, all right. What else news wise do we have to talk about? Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, uh, back to Impact. Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes are no longer with the company. Uh, so I think he was just on a short-term deal. But uh, who knows where that guy will show up. And uh, Rob, maybe you can speak to this a little bit. Access TV will be doing a whole Impact week to build for Bound for Glory on pay-per-view. It will start with uh, Carl. Wait, did that just happen? Is that the one that just happened? No, no, that's coming up. Uh, it will start with Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows. On Tuesday, October 20th at 10 p.m., uh, Talking Shop Full Keg. Is that the one that you are talking about earlier? Yeah, yeah, that's it. And okay. uh, Talking Shop is, uh, there's a loose affiliation there. We had Scott D'Amore there the other night. You, you guys saw it, you know, when we were at the Turnbuckle Bar and Grill, Polly's uh, um, uh, uh, wrestling bar there here in, in, in uh, Ringgold, Georgia. Uh, but Impact man, and they they whatever they got. I mean, this whole thing with the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, the Machine Gun, uh, Heath Slater, Doc Gallows. You're talking about a venture. We talked about you know people being players and independent players and trying to reshape wrestling. That's what this is all about right now. So much so that they've got the interest of Impact, and Scott Diamore is following them around and is interested in this and putting up money to support this project. So it's 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 it is now. A lot of traditionalists, like I think probably Roscoe and some other guys in the chat might not like this so much because it is, it's sort of kid, it's sort of sketch comedy, but that's the point. The point is, in the absence of being able to perform on the WWE arena, you know, on the WWE stage, and in the absence of having 
the ability to go into this venue or that venue or whatever. They're going to do their own thing and they're going to poke fun at themselves. This is like Saturday Night Live. And it's so horrible that it's fantastic. You cannot stop thinking about it. I mean, it's so good. I mean, it's so bad. It's great. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. It's like uh, the movie, I'm going to get you sucker. You know, terrible movie, horrible movie, fantastic movie all at the same time. You know, it's one of the great comedy movies of all time. So, uh, yeah, we got we got this coming up. I think they're showing this out on Fight TV coming in November. They're filming this next week, I believe. I was just talking to Paul last night about it. And, uh, you know, we had a, a guest on uh, Piper's Notes a few weeks ago, uh, the ultimate pusher, Tyreek, who's managing Luke Gallows and, and is involved in this. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be cool, man. And, uh, you know, it, it's, just, it's just fun and games. Nobody's taking it seriously. It's just a way to kind of celebrate wrestling and poke fun of themselves and, and uh, kind of satirize the business and, and, and then, you know, each of these are doing their own things that are credible. I mean, Luke Gallows and, and Carl Anderson are still out there wrestling legitimately, um, you know, on the independent circuit and all that. But this is a time for them to kind of let their hair down and just, you know, remind themselves that, hey, let's not take ourselves too seriously. Let's have fun with it. And, and uh, there you go. Will, you all right over there, buddy? Oh, yeah. I'm just soaking it in. I'm just, you know, watching the debate in the chat and – I love it when we talk about comedy and wrestling and just seeing the great divide here. And hey, you know, Rob said it. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, um, and it's it's a definitely a, devi- a divisive issue. But you know, I, I'm of the belief that you know, wrestling it is as much as you hate to say this word in light of WWE, it's it's entertainment, and it is it is. simulated combat sports and there's an entertainment aspect to that and you know these guys aren't trying to intertwine that with with impact storylines or anything they're they're going out and they're doing their own thing and it's for a specific purpose and literally if you don't like it don't don't watch it you know you don't have to you're not forced to watch it so you know it's it's something that that has an audience and it has value and you know it's great and i see roscoe's comments in the chat man and again I, I appreciate the debate in here that's this is what we do man i love it but roscoe's like why can't people just put on good wrestling and i'm like well they are there's a lot of good wrestling out there that people are putting on i think why can't people from time to time let their hair down like will said do something that's not on a on a show that's infecting any of anything impacting no pun intended they're out there just satirizing they're they're out there trying to make a uh you know just 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 to to add some levity to this very dark time that we're living in here in 2020. But to answer your question, Roscoe, why can't people just put on good wrestling? They do it every day. NXT does it weekly. AEW does it weekly. UWN does it weekly. Lots of shows out there are putting on good wrestling. We have the, the world is big enough for a little fun and humor from time to time. If you don't intertwine the two, I think that's the best. And I understand where you're coming from Roscoe, but like Will said, they're not trying to do that. They're not trying to discredit the sport. They all they're all still act, you know, working and and out there doing their stuff and doing their rounds. But this is a point, you know, talking shop of mania and about that. It's about, you know, it's 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 sketch comedy. That's all it is. It's sketch comedy meets pro wrestling. The world is big enough for that. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that they're in any way trying to like take themselves too seriously when they do what they do. I, I think they're pretty clear about what they are. So if it's not your thing, you just you just don't watch it, you know, basically. Yeah, that's and, it. and 
and James Lawrence mentions uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling um, and that kind of satire show that was on the WWE Network. I mean, that was the same way. It was great. It didn't ruin wrestling. It was something for fans who wanted something a little a little comedy oriented to to watch and to be entertained by. I don't. I mean, it's not. If 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 you think that can tarnish the great sport of professional wrestling, then you have too narrow a view of professional wrestling. That's my take on it. Yeah, well, and and even like thinking about it now, I, I was just thinking about like, am I being hypocritical in my views? But I, I think I still stand pretty f- firmly that like, I mean, the big thing for me is is at the end of the day, does it look like the people in the ring are trying to win a match? Are they trying to uh, win titles? Are they, you know, that's the part that that probably matters the most in regards to in a serious wrestling show, I suppose. So like when I look back at like a gentleman Jervis or something like that, like is, is gentleman Jervis like trying to win the match? Then, you know, maybe he's not my taste, but maybe it still makes sense. I don't know. I was watching American football today and uh, those guys, will, they'd be goofing off out there sometimes too. And uh, especially during a touchdown, they're still trying to win the game, but uh, they will, they will try to put on a show in the middle of it. And uh, they pick up a lot of their stuff for professional wrestling too. So I think as long as they're out there and they're still trying to win the game, then, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and I understand where Roscoe's coming from. And James Lawrence has been saying this for weeks. I mean, we want, like you guys said, we want simulated combat sports. We want prize fighting, but we get that. And, 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 and UWN, for the most part, with the exception of the gentleman Jervis thing, and then with the the Robert Baines thing, uh, which even that wasn't an, an assault on prize fight wrestling. I just didn't like the gimmick. You know, I still talented, and Jervis is still talented, um, and there's a place for that. But I, I don't think that you're damaging prize fighting. I mean, I think the NWA is still solid and intact. I think the AWA or the AEW Championship Division is intact. I think what they're doing in championship wrestling from Hollywood, Memphis, and Arizona is intact. I mean, it's no one's damaging it. And, and then it just becomes a matter of taste and preference. And, you know, there were things about talking Chopamania that I thought were corny, but there were things that I thought were freaking hilarious. For example, the five-minute ring entrance of Paul Lee was amazing. Him walking by what he thought was Maria Canellis, you know, and it turning out to be not her, you know, I thought that was just hilarious. I I spit my drink out, man. You know, and there's a lot of really funny things in it, and it's good to see some levity here. But I get Roscoe's point. I mean, we want to preserve pro wrestling and, and prize fight wrestling, but I, I think we really do that. You know, I don't think that anything is – there's no harm, no foul, if, if, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and we can talk more about this as we go on, not to, to, to belay the point, but like uh, uh, just uh, – Let's. I've got like one other piece of news, and we can wrap the podcast portion of this show up, and then we can uh, move on. Uh, and really, this is just a minor piece of news, and then I'd really like to hit on Mission Pro one more time, if we could, just since we're sponsoring them and we love them so much. But uh, the uh, this last piece involves Thunder Rosa anyway. She was on uh, the Wrestling Inc. Daily podcast, and uh, it was interesting because AEW star Sonny Kiss had just recently revealed that Lucha Underground talent were only making $4,000 a year, and Rosa confirmed the low pay on the talent uh, and the frustration she had with Lucha Underground. Uh, she said, quote, listen, contracts are tricky. If you don't have a lawyer or you're too cheap to pay a lawyer, you're screwed. I signed that contract knowing that I was locked in for five seasons. The problem was when some of us were not getting work in other places and we were asking for work and they're not giving us work. And then we're trying to try to get out so we can work. They're like, no, you can't work anywhere. 
So it was very frustrating that a year and a half, like literally I have to bust my ass getting paid $100 to $150 to make a living because I couldn't effing do anything on TV. Sorry for my language, but I'm going to be open and honest about it. It was very hard. Rosa continued revealing that the way talents were v- valued by Lucha Underground with inadequate treatment. They were, I'm sorry, the way they were valued by Lucha Underground with inadequate treatment as well as the schedule. She pointed out that the talent endured it because they knew a bigger opportunity would be on its way. Uh, she says that this is the thing we used to stay at the Hilton in downtown LA treated like freaking Queens and get all this stuff. Then the next week we'll be working an indie show and people wouldn't even give us a freaking hotel room because they didn't see we had the value. And imagine people are knocking on our doors, trying to get us to go work TV and I can't do it because I'm under contract. So I had to endure this because I knew something bigger was coming. So when the opportunity came to get on that lawsuit, I jumped in right away. Um, but, uh, She's pointed out previously that she received an offer from WWE as a referee, but she turned it down to pursue the MMA thing. Uh, and uh, she she even commented towards uh, Vampiro's comments that Lucha Underground Talent knew what they were getting into when they signed their contracts. She says, you know, I said this. We signed the contract because we wanted an opportunity. A lot of us were hungry. A lot of us were new. We wanted, We just wanted to be seen. We wanted that stage for us to, like, get to the next level, which for me didn't pan out because I was wearing a mask. If I had been Thunder Rosa and Lucha Underground, I'd probably be in WWE by now. I mean, honestly, I did one month in AEW and I already had a following that we've been working really, really hard to build. And then it just exploded. Why? Because they saw who I really am, which is Thunder Rosa. And with so, and with the stuff Lucha Underground, we we asked for work. We asked for opportunities. Some people were getting them. I was one of the ones that was getting the short the short end of the stick. I don't care. I was getting absolutely nothing. What was there for me? Why am I going to be sitting around like, no, I just want to work. Can I work? And if you guys allow me to work, you know, fine. If not, there's nothing for me here. There's nothing wrong about that. Anyway, I probably delved into that too much, but basically you should check out that podcast. But uh, Rosa essentially saying that like, cause her face was covered up and they weren't putting her on enough and that sort of thing. It was just interesting hearing her discuss uh, the, the Lucha Underground thing. I like Lucha Underground. I loved it. I think for a while it was some of the best thing going out there, but she's right. I mean, uh, Thunder Rosa is best when she is herself, when she's not Cobra Moon under a mask playing a role. Uh, I think anybody would say that. And now the the proof is in the pudding. I mean, look at her now. She's the hottest name in the world, bar none of anybody. And uh, so, uh, you know, she's absolutely spot on. I do want to bring up another point about uh, about the front row uh, show yesterday with uh, with uh, Nick Aldis and Thunder Rosa before we move to the live chat. And the after I'd show. rather so- you not talk about them if you could. I'm just kidding. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, let's not put them over if possible. Not not the busted open, not the nation show, not the front row. None of those people. They have their own YouTube <laughs> guys and not and not listen to us. Yeah, I wanted third party. They're using third party platforms that we we just can't uh, we can't do business with. So. <laughs> I don't even know where we're going with that, man. We're getting into SEBs and all that stuff now. PTO. Oh, Rob's all about SEO, y'all. Anyway, no, go ahead and talk. I was just kidding. Put over the busted open. That was so good, man. They had both champs on there, but I wanted to point out, and maybe Front Row has more to say about this, but if I'm not mistaken, 
Dan Severon <laughs> called out Nick Aldis. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's actually true. Yeah, Dan Severin just talked about uh, not actually losing the NWA title and that uh, he just kind of, when it moved to TNA, that he just kind of had to drop it. Uh, J.Cal actually gave us a little insight on that in our Discord. If you guys aren't a part of that, you should definitely join. Uh, that that Severin was kind of ended up being sent to, was it Japan? To who yeah. was holding it at the time. It was kind of like... Uh, the uh what's what's the word i don't know uh what i'm looking for but he was like the gang member that got sent over to like do the job like uh as in do the job like i'll kill you give me this belt you know like that kind of thing and so he was there to get the belt and bring it back to the states and that was he was hired to do the hit basically <laughs> that's uh what he did and then he had to drop the title so he never really lost it so right. he uh he had something to say about nick aldis as the they're out there fighting for the title that he never lost man <laughs> so yeah pretty I'm just, interesting i'm just laughing at brian rose's comment <laughs> <laughs> what the dance everett is uh 105 years old yeah, that got me. <laughs> oh. i always thought he was you know I, I i don't know how old dance everett really is but i know that he always looks the exact same every time i've seen him he's one of those guys uh He's an MMA guy. Thunder Rose is an MMA guy. They're badasses. I don't care how old they are. <laughs> you know, Thunder Rose yeah. can, can be 105, and she's still going to whoop 98% of women's butts out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, Severed is 62, so that is a little old. I mean, he could come in and try to beat Tim Storm's record as the uh, oldest uh, NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Uh, so there you go. Uh, but – he was a legit tough guy, so or is a legit tough guy. So, uh, according to the Nation Show, he's still training MMA to this day. Uh, like literally on the way to the gym, as he was having that interview, uh, he was driving the car with his knees. That's how badass he is. He didn't even care. He was just like, <laughs> he was like, and, and if I'm not mistaken, I think all this accepted the challenge or, or said he would be open to the challenge. So I'm just so I mean anything's possible. I'm not saying it. You know we got you got Trevor Murdoch, you got Mike Bennett, you got a lot of guys out there that deserve a shot. And Severin has, has been a long time, but I think that uh, that Aldis said he was open to the challenge. So I'm just I'm just saying. I don't mean to like stir a pot. <laughs> well, uh, I mean you know it's interesting to see like would would Dan Severin really step up for the occasion? Uh, there's shows out there to make it happen. Um, I'd like to see Brian Rosa versus Nick Aldis personally, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to hold Both on and see. If- same height, man. Brian Rosa is, I went into uh, admission pro, man. I was expecting him to be about Gary's height, about four foot six. I walked out, <laughs> Brian Rosa was taller than a mug, man. This joker's like six foot, he's close to six foot or, or over. He's tall. Yeah. I come up to his, to his nipples. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wait, and I'm four foot 11? What, what are you talking about? Well, when you came out with them little stubby legs, boy, and <laughs> give me a big hug. <laughs> Woo! Oh, all right. I'll tell you this: when Rob when Rob commits to a joke, he really commits to it, and you gotta, you know, as annoying as that might be, you gotta respect it a little bit. So, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, just uh, 
when you're a man of my height of four foot eleven, you really appreciate a fella who uses manscaped.com. And if you guys haven't <laughs> checked checked out manscaped.com, they uh do the uh they're the best in the world for uh tools to groom your family jewels, so to speak. And then with the code NWA pod, you can get 20% off and free shipping right now at manscaped.com. So go check them out and we're going to close this thing out just say if you hear us talking about brian rosa and you're wondering who we're talking about we're talking about thunder rosa's husband who uh is always in the chat here with you're with us live and that's where you want to be you want to be with us live because it's a lot more fun you get to hang out with all these cool people in the chat and uh they've got a great show coming up we've talked about it already but it doesn't hurt to mention it again because we're like i said we're going to keep doing it. november 6 tournament out of hell you want to watch that mission pro wrestling all of the stars are going to be there. We've made our predictions. Uh, Rachel Rose or Maddie Rinkowski? I'm throwing La Rosa Negra in there just because I don't I, – see, I, I interviewed Rachel and Maddie already uh, for the last show, and so I feel guilty not including them in this. But La Rosa Negra is good, man. She's real good, and uh, she's going to be the one to beat. But anyway – you, you got to let us know who you think is going to be the first MPW champion. As time goes on, we're going to find out more about this tournament, how it's shaping up. Maybe we'll even have some fun and make our brackets up and some predictions. That'll be cool. And uh, we'll see who, who the best is at predicting these things. But uh, make sure you, if you haven't already, check out Title Match Network. That's where you can watch this thing. And uh, it's a great little network there. They've got a lot of other stuff besides just uh, – Mission Pro Wrestling. They got other companies, other federations. They've got shoot interviews, all kinds of stuff on there. And it's only nine ninety nine a month. So uh, if you're sick of WWE, like all of us are, you should check it out. Um, my my subscription ends tomorrow with WWE Network. Yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah, they're good, good. Put that resources <laughs> elsewhere. Let me say too about Mission Pro, guys. We're going to be putting Mission Pro over a lot because they're that good and they deserve it. And we are in a, we're a sponsor of Mission Pro, and this, this I'm so proud of that. Uh, seeing that beautiful uh, Mission Pro poster, Tournament of Hill, come out with the NWA. This is the NWA logo on there, man. I'm so proud of that association. But I want to just tip my hat to Brian Rosa, not because he's in the chat, but also because he's in the chat. This is a women's only promotion, and these women are busting their tails. But they're not. They're not, don't get me wrong, you go in there, they're not forcing some kind of agenda down somebody's throat. They're celebrating women's wrestling. But there is a man involved in that too, and that's Brian Rosa. Brian Rosa is very hard at work supporting this, promoting this, supporting his beautiful wife, Thunder Rosa, our world champ. And he deserves all the credit in the world for for his hand in this. And I just don't want him to get missed in all this because he's not going to put himself over. Brian Rosa is, you know, and he's not going to say anything now, but he's so humble he was completely courteous and an absolute gentleman to us. Gave me a water hose out there. And what shit. do you mean? What do you mean he's not gonna say anything now? He literally just put in the chat room, "Bitch, I don't hide behind nobody." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was talking about. I don't think he was talking about this conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to. I want to put over Mission Pro those amazing women and the force that they're putting together. And I hope it lasts forever. And we're going to be with them until they. It, it, we're going to be with them forever. And uh, two, I want to put over Brian Rosa for being behind the scenes, doing what he can do to get this Joker running and to support his amazing wife and uh, and to be a backbone behind this. And we're just happy to be partners with him. We're so humble that he's always here in the chat with us. 
Uh, I love his company, and I just I love this guy, man. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate to put over Brian Rosa, but that probably just marked uh, the 105th time that we've said his name during this show uh, today. So I I think that Brian knows we love him. I hope so. We do. He says brackets are coming this week. So uh, that's going to be exciting. We're going to see how this thing plays out. This is going to be fun. I, I want to see who's actually in the tournament and what the first round looks like. And then that can help us uh, gauge where this thing's going but uh we'll be talking about it on this show i guarantee you so you got to stay tuned and uh we're gonna wrap up the podcast portion of that thing or this thing right now thank you guys for listening if you're listening if you want to stay for the rest of the show you gotta join us live because we go even longer with the live crowd we talk to the chat room we talk about whatever comes up any of the wrestling stuff nothing's off limits sometimes it's not even about wrestling sometimes rob just be old as bullshit about something else so. <laughs> impressionism man yeah so uh you got to join us but rob where, where are you on the social media if people want to uh hear hear your garbage well they can just look down below me and see that where it says at this is dr stinson on all my they might be listening on podcasts so they can't Good point. So that's why I said at this is Dr. Stinson, so they can <laughs> type it into their key pages or their keyboards. Uh, you can find me there on uh, what are we on Twitter. We're on uh, Tumblr. <laughs> We're on. Are we on Tumblr? If, uh, no, no. Do you think if will do you think that if people type in Doc Stinson in Google that uh, Stinson's SEOs up to speed? Well, we'll check it out. Let's check it out right here. Check my PMs too, man. Hmm. Doc Stenson obituary. Hello. Okay. <laughs> that's not. That's not you. I guess. I don't know. No, it's a lot of obituaries. It's not you, Rob. We got to work on your SEO, bud. <laughs> there's a. Don't worry. There's like shots you can take and stuff. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'll set up. A, I'll set up a consultation with you. Yeah, hundred dollars an hour. It's quality quality information right there you could get rob uh will where are you on the social medias for for people that want wrestling news and rumors and of course seo expertise absolutely i am at hey it's will with one l on uh all the social media platforms uh if you want to see everything i got going on you can now just go to heyitswill.com and there's a nice little links page where you can see where you can see all the stuff going on with this show. Uh, uh, made his own website apart from us. He's breaking off. Rob. It's not a website. It's like a link tree. It's just a bunch of links. It's not. It's not like you know. Chill out, Rob. God, I made <laughs> us a website. We're good. It's not as cool as our website. I'll say that. But it's just links to everything I got going on. If you want to connect, all the socials. Do I have merchandise now? I mean, we have merchandise. Hashtag NWA fam official online store. Check that out. That link is like that. So, yeah. You guys check that out. That's some good stuff. I'm at This Is Gary Horde. The show's at The NWA Pod on all of the socials and everything. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. If you get a chance, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us get in front of more people. Also, come like the YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash the NWA pod. You hit the little bell and let you know every time we go live, and you can be here in the chat with all these lovely, beautiful people. And uh, it's a lot of fun doing that, too. And you can be mentioned on the show, just like Roscoe. We want to talk crap about somebody. Anyway, 
Uh, that's it for this week on the podcast portion of the show. Until next time, enjoy your gravy cake.